I'm working a signing this week for StarCast. Mm-hmm. Miro and I are going to be this Saturday from one to four. So if anyone's in Nashville, come to the signing, then they can head to SummerSlam. <laughs> I, I will be down uh, there. I'm getting to go out uh, awesome. late Saturday. So that's going to be a really crazy weekend between you know both companies. Uh, I know StarCast is more than one, but simplifying it, I'll just say both companies, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's exciting and you don't really have to travel very far. I know. I'm so excited about that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be my first signing actually first thing doing with Miro back since our on-screen divorce in 2019. Uh, so it's really exciting to be able to do this together. We have so much fun. So, um, and excited to see the fans and the people, yeah, and this... we're going to go to Ric Flair's last match on Sunday. Are you going to stick around to watch it? I mean, I think I'm going to. Why not? It's Ric Flair. He's a legend. Absolutely. Um, he also wants it. He wanted me to roast him. He called my husband and left a voice note, a voicemail, actually. and was like, I want Lana, your wife, to roast me. And it was funny because I told my dad about it. And my dad was like marking out like a crazy bird. He's like, Rick Flair wants you to roast him. He's like, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe on cjperry.com, I'll, I'll put the first roast for him. There you go. Something to look forward to. Uh, cjperry.com, part of Brand Army. Uh, you had a very successful launch, set a single day record with that. Uh, I think it was like almost $20,000 in a day, which is like crazy. Uh, what's it been like being able to connect with your fans? Like I know, you know, you left WWE, uh, it was about a, a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, but, uh, this is another way to connect with fans and, you know, sort of stay involved with wrestling despite the status change. What's that been like for you navigating that? Oh my God. It's been an amazing experience. I'm so grateful. Um, so, so grateful because I, it's just a way to connect with all the people and the fans in such a more intimate way, you know, on Instagram, they only will put out just only so many people are going to see your post. Same with Twitter, you know, with all the algorithms and, you know, AIs and whatnot. So it's great to be able to be able to post something. Everyone be able to everyone gets to see it and you get feedback from people. And yeah, I just, I, I read all the DMS. I, I talk to people on there. I, I read all the comments. I it's, it's a big range of stuff that I post. I, I didn't want to post a lot of these things on Instagram one, because you know, there is sexier stuff on there that I wouldn't put on Instagram. I wouldn't personally feel comfortable putting on Instagram because there is a lot of kids that follow me and I want to be respectful that of people, you know, of the parents that not, I mean, I have a ton of Muslim fans. I have a ton of Christian fans. I have a ton of Jewish fans that are religious and I want to be respectful to them and their standards of what your, what they want their children to see. Um, and so, sorry, my puppy is eating stuff. I just got a new puppy. Um, so my God, dogs everywhere right now. So that's like one thing. Also, there's a ton of stuff like behind, behind the scenes from being on the road that I've never posted. And partly was because I would be in a story with these people or we would be in a program with the guy or with the girl. I don't want to break kayfabe. I don't want to break that fourth wall. I wanted to commit to the character, to the storyline. So I always save so much of this content from tour, from being on the road, behind the scenes, you know, fun stuff like us girls dancing in the locker room, you know, or taking shots that I've just never released. So I have 
throwback Thursday on there. Um, I also put out matches that I've never put out before practice matches with like so many different girls, like Tony storm, Liv Morgan, Aaliyah, Nikki Cross, like so many great girls that no one's seen these great matches that we had. So I put them on there because, you know, they're just practice matches and, um, original content I put on there. I'm just about to shoot my first short that I'm directing. So I'm really excited about that. Um, that's going on there. There's original web series launch chain, and it's just a way to connect, you know, on Instagram and Twitter, you might post something and no one sees it because enough people didn't engage in it. And so then the algorithm isn't even showing it to like 2% of your following. So I didn't want to continue to give out things on that platform that they weren't favoring and it kind of just like go to waste, you know? And so I was really excited when I found brand army because it gave me that, you know, it gave me like, okay, I can put out this um, content that I've been saving. That means a lot to me that I've, you know, also put time and money into doing, and then I don't get, you know, basically screwed over or <laughs> is the nice way of putting it um, from like an Instagram or a Twitter platform where they're just not pushing it to your, like my 4 million fans, you know, or like, it, it's just crazy. I, I know so much about social media and I could go on a long tangent about it, which I'll save for cjperry.com or if anyone else has questions, but um, yeah, it's just such a great place to be able to connect with people. And um, I'm actually launching a cameo. If you subscribe now, uh, there's free cameos and also um, a free eight by 10 sign signing. So I'm um, a picture. So if you subscribe now, that's the sale that we're doing because I want people to feel appreciative. I so appreciate the fans and the people, and I want to make sure that people get their 1999 um, worth. And, um, you know, it is different than only fans. I had that my husband wasn't really okay with me doing that. And so brand army is great because I can still push the envelope with a lot of content, but at the same time, he feels comfortable and I can just connect with people. You know, I, I, and that's the reason why I'm doing these extra things. Like if you subscribe now, you'll get a cameo. If you um, subscribe now, eight by 10 signed picture. And because I want people to get their feel valued and feel like they're getting their money worth um, as well as we're going to be launching merchandise soon too. So everything, all the first announcement, all the first tea, I do tea time Tuesday on there, which I, you know, give a lot of my real opinion about wrestling and things that, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to give out on Instagram live. And so I will over there. So yeah, it's cool. It's really a great place to connect. I'm really thankful for it. It's been a huge blessing. Yeah. that That's, I mean, you just covered so much. One thing that stood out uh, and I think people have heard over the years, it's, it's like, there's always a camera around at WWE. Like that's what we've heard. And that even if something doesn't air, there's a camera, but there's sometimes you hear months and years later, like, Oh, I wish I heard, saw that segment or i wish i saw that match like so now that you actually get the opportunity to do that like one of them that uh came to mind was uh mickey james and chelsea green just talked like last year about like oh we had this whole thing worked out we've filmed like segments and the matches and no one ever saw it so it's like you know at least you have control over your content and you can put that out there give you know there's like you said there's an incentive there's value to what you're doing and you know really like content that you're not going to see anywhere else. So yeah, 
For sure. For sure. And since my fan base, our fan base, I mean, your fan base too, is so wrestling. I always want to be able to respect that and make sure I give a lot of wrestling content as well. So if it's wrestling conversation, if it's like wrestling stories that I've never told from behind the scenes and, or how things happened um, to actually like practice matches that we've had, or, you know, Natty, Natty's school, I went to dungeon 2.0 with Natty and TJ. I went there for, um, I guess almost two years, a year and a half. Um, and I went, I spent in 2020 in the beginning of 2021, it was like almost 200 days. I lived in a hotel room training with them. And so I was able to have all these great practice matches. Cause that was the thing with Natty and TJ is they always wanted to make sure we had at least a five minute match sometimes longer. And it was like with, you know, the break spot with the, you know, times and everything. And Natty would always pretend like she was Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn and like emulate it. And uh, so it was great because we, I have all this great footage that I so appreciate now because I was looking forward to having matches with these girls, a lot of them. And I wasn't, but I have this, and it makes me happy and I think they're great and um, it's cool to share. Like I shared one of my matches with Liv and, you know, the feedback was great. People loved it and you can tell we have so much fun with it. Mm. Uh, one of the posts that actually really resonated with me, this was a couple weeks after you were released. You, I mean, you really went right back to training and just talked about how uh, you wanted to keep working at it you know, you felt like you were entering your prime and, you know, you, you know, you obviously shared how you were staying there and traveling and, you know, training while you were not at TV with uh, the dungeon, but um, how, like, you've had time to reflect on your career now be, being like outside of that WWE bubble. Like, how do you feel about, uh, you know, just reflecting on your, your persona as Lana and as, you know, both manager and in-ring talent, like, how are you feeling about, you know, all of that you did accomplish? I have so many mixed emotions. Um, I feel like I go through a lot of waves. Like I'll, I'll feel really good for a while. Like, Oh, I'm good on the, this path right now. I'm good. And then sometimes I'll just have like have emotional breakdowns. Cause I like, I miss wrestling so much and I miss the fans. Ooh, I'm not going to get emotional now. Um, and I think that for me, it was actually really interesting and I can't, I can't wait till it comes out. So real life boy. Oh my God. Because it was in July. So I had only been, basically done with WWE, let go for like six weeks. So I was still really going through it and just like full on identity crisis and um, just missing it. And Dennis Rodman was on the show and it's a real life is supposed to come out at the end of the year. So, um, and boy is the tea and drama wow over there um but the one thing like dennis you know he retired at 36 and um he kept on telling me hey you got to retire you got to evolve you got to retire you got to evolve and i was getting so annoyed i'm like dennis like you literally are 60 years old and you're still shooting the shoots okay like i don't know what like you're still freaking you haven't retired what you've retired from basketball you're you had a became even bigger afterwards, you know? And, um, I just think I was kind of being stubborn, um, because he, what happened was he, the first, the first event that we had living, cause we had like nine activations, right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
over, on each episode, you're basically going to have an activation that we do. And the first activation was we went to a wrestling ring in uh, Mexico City and everyone had to dress up and like pick a character and, you know, do promos. We're going to have a promo battle and I had to like half these people don't even know anything about wrestling. I was trying to teach them like, don't take it personal, just talk shit, you know? Um, And so actually I ended up um, managing Dennis Rodman and um, Frankie Muniz. And I did like the whole, I did the whole Russian spiel. And I just like his respect for me changed at that time immediately. He was like, wow, you're really, really, really good at what you do. Like you're incredible. And he was kind of giving me shit before. And when that happened, it was like mad respect towards me changed. And I, I couldn't believe it. And he was like, you're really, really good at what you do. He's like, you should be doing that. Like you should be managing people. You shouldn't, he's like, sorry like and of course he always talked about charlotte flair because rick flair is his best friend he's like charlotte flair she should be a wrestler you retire and be a manager and i was getting so hot but like then like now looking at it i'm like no i get it like he's like be the best at what you can do and as a professional wrestler i would never be the best it it just wasn't going to happen like i didn't start young enough maybe i don't have the enough i mean i am i would say pretty athletic i just you know, I didn't start at 18 years old, like Sasha, Bailey, they all started really young, Paige. Um, and I, at managing though, like, I want to call come from Paul Heyman's throne. Like, I know I can. And, you know, WWE would put me in, they gave me these great opportunities, but they put me in this certain situation versus like Hunter even gave me this incredible first opportunity with Mira where I was just the mouthpiece. And it's like, I know, I know I can crush it. I know I can help people get over because God has given me the gift, the talk, the talk, the babble to sell. I could sell, I can sell anything. You know, I can sell a toothbrush and convince everyone it's gold and, or love me or hate me in the process. And so it's like, I really started to see of like, no, I don't want to come back to wrestling and be mediocre. Yes. It's my dream. Like, of course I want to be champion. I love wrestling, but like, am I going to put my time and my energy and every precious minute that we have on this earth and be to something that I'm going to only be average or I'm going to put all of it to something to becoming great. And I, that's my biggest take of like the last year of being away. It's like, yes, I want to come back to wrestling. Yes. I want to do something. Absolutely. I love wrestling. I love the fans. There's nothing like it in the entire world, but I don't want to come back and be mediocre. Like I want to come back and make an impact and tell compelling stories and really come for Paul Heyman's throne and, you know, solidify being one of the, being the best manager of all time and the best talker. Uh, so there, there is one point I do want to get to, uh, but, uh, you mentioned in a, in a, I think it was on a Twitter post, uh, Miss Elizabeth, Stephanie McMahon, Paul Heyman. So I wasn't sure at first, you know, where the Heyman was because, you know, Miss Elizabeth, obviously she carried herself like in a certain way. She was considered royalty. I think you carried yourself that way too. And then Stephanie McMahon speaks with conviction and she's powerful. And then Heyman, is it, I mean, is it really just, you know, speaking with conviction on the mic and, you know, commanding that presence, anything else that uh, really that you saw from him that inspired you? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, Paul Heyman is, yeah, he he's so charismatic, of course, you know, he can talk his ass off, but he's also a lot of times the brains behind the operation, you know, and he, you know, he, in my opinion, is 
really the huge success behind Roman and being his heel turn. And, you know, he's a wordsmith. Um, I was able to get my amazing contract of the last two years because Paul Heyman was the showrunner and he put me in this incredible story. Yeah, it was very controversial. It was very, you know, people loved it and hated it, but the numbers didn't lie. And I was able, to, I mean, I'm so thankful for those last two years of that contract that I got. And um, I will forever be, I'm so forever grateful that Paul gave me that opportunity and um, gave me that time on the mic. And um, I'm so, so so, so grateful for that. And so I, I just think that he is an incredible creative mind. He is a wordsmith. He's incredible at words. And he's always really inspired me with the way he is with words. And I've really just got really dived into more studying verbiage, studying to become more of a wordsmith. And even in this past year, I feel like I've the writing that I'm doing, the the, the studying I'm doing of, of becoming better at words, of being really training your brain, becoming more intelligent. And he's so smart. And so that was always really inspiring. And, you know, I just think he's a lot of the brains and managing behind. And that's what I love. You know, that's where I'm always, I don't think people realize how much maneuvering I do, even for Miro and um, how, I am like Paul's a great salesman. And so that's inspiring to me because I know he can sell and convince people of anything. And I feel like I have that gift as well. And so what better way to use that gift? One, to hone it, to hone that salesman's gift, to hone that promoter gift like Paul has, and not just use it for myself, but use it for other people mm -hmm. and use it for people that maybe that's not their first foot in the door. And even with Miro, like Miro is in, a, I think he's one of the, one of the most incredible athletes, you know, he, he was born to be a professional wrestler with his, you know, size and his agility. And, um, but he doesn't really like the schmooze and talk and, you know, be the pol politician, be the, you know, salesman. And for me, that kind of just, I like it. I enjoy it. I just, it's kind of just what I do. And I realized I used to take that for granted. And I realized, no, that's a gift. And we all have different gifts. And so find that gift and hone it. And that's really what I've been trying to do this last year is like find these things that just naturally come to me and realize that's a gift and now hone it to be the, be the best. Uh, you, you know, you covered quite a bit there about as far as how you want to come back. Uh, I know it almost happened with WES, the original event, you were advertised for the lineup. Obviously that show didn't happen, but are you any closer to maybe coming back, whether it's as a manager, as an in-ring performer, any, anything you do want to maybe share? I know you've been pretty vocal about saying you miss wrestling, but uh, any, anything close to happening? Well, subscribe to cjperry.com where everyone will find out all the tea and um any inside inside but um yeah i mean i was really excited about um that match in the uk with i was going to fight naya for the championship and I, I never won the championship a championship so um i've helped other people win but i you know it's kind of like that goal and that dream that i guess more of a dream that i never was able to achieve and you know that was really disappointing i think that really hit me hard to be honest um because I felt like it was all in vain. Like I felt like, you know, no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't 
you know, achieve that. And I'm like, this is professional wrestling. Who cares? Let me have bodyguards and let me cheat, you know, like, let me be Russian and pay everyone off the win, you know? <laughs> um, so, but then I just had to like take a step away. And I, I was watching some basketball movies, um, documentaries and realized, you know, there's a lot of iconic basketball players, iconic athletes in every sport that are going to be hall of famers yet. They haven't won a championship ring. And that's just reality, you know, like not everyone's going to get that gold. Not every incredible Olympic athlete is going to become a gold medalist. And when I put it in that perspective, because beforehand I was like, no, it's professional wrestling. We should all be able to get that opportunity, you know, but it's predetermined. But the reality is if we take it from a sports perspective, not everyone gets that opportunity. Not everyone gets that win. And just like not all actors become Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep's. And I, it was a little bit easier for me to accept that because I felt like I was a failure uh, almost and realizing, no, like maybe that's not just in my cards. And so, yeah, I, I would... I'm absolutely open to wrestling. I'm absolutely open to returning as a manager or yeah, as a manager, but with, with actually having a match, I really want it to be like story driven. You know, if it, if it is something like with Nia and we're going after the championship, like that makes sense um, because I've never been a champion. So I'm willing to, you know, put my body on the line for it. Um, but at the same time, I, I really think my strength is, talking and helping drive other people's stories of being the mouthpiece. And I, you know, I, I'm, I want to come back and I, I want to solidify being an icon and a legend. I don't want to just come back and do mediocre stuff. No, I, I don't need to. And I, I don't, I don't want to, I want to come back only if I can do great stuff and I don't put it in a box. If it's like having a wrestling match or managing, no, I love it all. And I'm willing to do it all, but the story has to be there because people connect with stories. I love professional wrestling because of the stories, the, the stories that are resolved in the ring. It, it's awesome having dream matches. It's, it's great. But me personally, I connect those to the things that are story driven. And um, even if it's the soap, soap opera where it resolves in the ring, that's why I fell in love with professional wrestling. I'm a professional dancer. I'm an actor. I'm a storyteller. And I believe that if you tell the right story, there's nothing like professional wrestling because it's the only place that we then beat each other up to resolve our conflicts. <laughs> I think that's freaking rad as fuck. I appreciate the uh, conviction. And obviously if people watch when Miro's on AEW TV, there's still a demand there when he pays tribute to you. People, you know, people still talk about, oh, when's she coming back? Every time he mentions, you know, his his God, his gold, his hot wife. So uh, we'll have to wait and see when that happens. Uh, but uh, I mean, if I can kind of put you on the spot and ask you to narrow it down, is there a match, whether it was you as a competitor or whether it was you as a manager, any come to mind that really hold special meaning or maybe one that just really you feel like you got to show a complete competitor or manager, anything come to mind like that? Um, I really like my, I mean, there's so many stuff that I like. I mean, all of Mero's matches, I think he's so iconic. I think he's incredible. I really miss that, to be honest. I really miss um, 
be ringside with him. You know, he's so good. He's so good. And I was able to watch so many incredible matches. Like at live events, just right front row, you know, if it's him fighting Dahl, fighting um, Cesaro, fighting John Cena, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. I mean, there's so many incredible matches that people haven't seen that he had on live events that were just truly iconic that the the fans were behind um so i definitely miss that there's nothing like two big men fighting who are really athletic i just get really excited you know like him like roman reigns and him had so many great matches because of the you know there's these two athletic guys you know huge and athletic and it's just the ring moves it's just incredible um so those that was great but i um I think that for me, when I was fighting Naya, it, it really, I feel like there was a part of me that proved myself to the wrestling world. You know, I was always considered um, like the model girl or the actress, you know, and yeah, I am an actress, so thank you. Um, but I was kind of always put in that category of like, oh, she's fragile or she's like dainty. And um, I, kind of would always get offended because it's like, look, I, I remember one time people were like, we just don't know if you're um, like durable or tenacious. Like this was many years ago when I first started. And I'm like, mm, okay, you clearly don't know me, but alrighty. Um, and so I feel like I was able to prove that because it's like, no, I, Naya Jax is one of the toughest toughest women out there. I always call her the Samoan dragon. And, um, I, the fact that I like, I was taking two power, like in a row, two power bombs and where she like lifted up even higher and like all these other big bumps and, you know, going through tables, nine tables in a row, um, commentary tables. I mean, TJ was telling me he's never even gone through a commentary table. And most people don't go through nine tables in a row and to be able to like, no, I'm still here and I'll, I'll do it again. Like I'll fight you. I'll go out there. I, I feel like I proved myself to the wrestling world and also earned a lot of people's respect, like earned the women's respect, earned the guy's respect or in the fans respect. And you know, that I would do it all over again. Like for real, that is, was 1000% worth it, you know? And that's all I really wanted was the respect from my peers and respect from the fans. Oh, I get emotional talking about it. I just, I loved wrestling. I love wrestling so much. And I, um, I always wanted to give all the people, all the other wrestlers out there that want to work at, you know, want to get a job at WWE or AEW. And I, I never took for granted that, that I was working for WWE and living a lot of other people's dreams. Like the least I could do would, was to work my ass off and give respect back to this business that so many people want to be a part of. And so, um, I think because I was hired, you know, I was high, I was got brought up quickly. I was, I was from Hollywood. People didn't really realize like my tenacity and my work ethic mm-hmm. and, so it took me a while to earn the respect from people in that way. And it really, really meant a lot when I did earn their respect. And like I said, I would do it. I would do it all over again. Yeah. Whoever uh, said that we don't know if she's durable. I think you certainly proved that tenfold with, with that. That was <laughs> like you said, <laughs> going through, going through commentary tables, uh, cjperry.com. Uh, I know you mentioned the surreal life. I'm looking forward to that. I was a fan of the original show. Uh, 
too many moments to name uh i know you know vanilla ice had his own moments Vern troyer had some stuff on there uh anything else you can maybe talk about what's to come on that show or anything else you have in the works oh gosh well wife like a movie that i am in with jonathan reese myers comes out august 12th um it's gonna be on demand paramount plus um theatrical release as well and surreal life god there's so much stuff like it is, it was by far the most insane thing I've ever done in my life. And the 13 days that I lived in my, that house seemed like 13 months. It was crazy. Um, they took our phones as well. So uh, that was slightly traumatic, classic <laughs> millennial. I'm like, wow, um, I'm wow. But um, yeah, made it through and yeah, you have to, it's going to be on MTV and it's going to be on Paramount plus they haven't released the date yet, but they're saying the fall end of the year. Okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, I, I watched the trailer for a uh, wife. Like it's uh, it, it's haunting that uh, that's the word that comes to mind. If anybody's seen the trailer or wants to check it out, just go on YouTube. It's uh, seems like quite the interesting story, especially when you, think about how technology is moving it's very uh very black mirror-ish i guess yes oh my god it's so crazy and it's, it's basically about um wife-like is creating ais to be the perfect woman so it's it really is really crazy and knowing how with all the artificial intelligence and um robots and um you know cars driving themselves and people wanting trucks to drive themselves. It's like, oh, this is all a possibility in the future. So, you know, it's, I love science and I, I love that we keep on advancing ourselves. We should, but I do think it's important to be thinking about how can we set some parameters so we don't end up in a wife-like situation. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I still am very cautious about that. I'm a late adapter to everything. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Probably smart, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. go, go check out Wife Like when it comes out, cjperry.com, and maybe we'll we'll see some updates as far as your entering, uh, your managerial career, uh, and then Surreal Life this fall. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.